Welcome back to Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com. And I want to go ahead and talk about a story that came out a bit a little while back. It goes back to April, but it's a story where a group of academic researchers, scientists, and community-based organizations are joining forces to develop a multidisciplinary community-based participatory research study that's going to study, it's going to identify, document, and pres help preserve the history value and diversity of California's legacy cannabis genetics and the communities that steward them. So here to establish a replicate, a replicable research model for underserved cannabis producing communities globally. And with me right now is the executive director of a California nonprofit public policy research Institute serving California's historic rural cannabis farming regions the Gorgeous Council, and I'm here with Janine Coleman. Janine, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Now, upon the grant that is supporting a two-year scientific study, which will be entitled Legacy Cannabis Genetics, People and Their Plants, a Community-Driven Study, you mentioned that this is to help to, this is planning, the research is, is set to empower and protect California's legacy cultivation communities, overcoming great adversity to innovate and steward one of the most important collections of cannabis genetic resources in the world. Can you break that down for us? Sure. Well, California has had an incredible history um, for the past 50, 60 years in terms of cannabis cultivation, um, the back to the land generation really seeding the legacy that we have now. And California's cannabis genetic holdings have been sort of likened to the Amazon in terms of biodiversity for cannabis. There's been an incredible amount of breeding and innovation and exchange of cannabis cultiv cultivars from all over the world. And uh, we are essentially as a legacy producing cannabis, uh, pardon me, uh, we are essentially as the legacy cannabis producing community, um, a threatened culture. Um, with the passage of legalization and the challenges facing our community with respect to regulation and legalization, um, we are losing biodiversity in terms of cannabis cultivars at an alarming rate, uh, particularly because it's an annual plant. And so this study really seeks to understand, research, document, and preserve and protect not only legacy cannabis cultivars, but the culture and community that stewards uh, those cultivars and that genetic biodiversity, um, in many cases for generations. Interesting that you wanted to go into this, and this is a, a story that was being talked about. I want to go into just a few things when it comes down to bringing this forward and talking about this, where Everything goes through a particular amount of things. First of all, there was the grant awards announcement from the California Department of Cannabis Control. Uh, talk to me about the actual ability of getting this grant and getting the confidence of you know the California state legislature and the government and the Cannabis Control Board to be able to get this grant. Sure. Well, um, maybe by way of introduction a little bit because it provides some context. Our organization has two program tracks. So we have a government affairs program and then we have a research education and development program. We've been active since founding in 2019 and we represent um, 800 licensed cannabis operators in the state. So we are by membership numbers, the largest advocacy organization in the state. 
And we represent specifically the rural historic cannabis producing regions in California. So predominantly small farmers, um, legacy farmers, multi-generational farmers, homestead farming families, cultivating a half an acre or less. And so we've been quite active um, in our government affairs program, engaging with the legislature, the governor's administration, the Department of Cannabis Control, other regulatory agencies. And so they have um, had the opportunity to learn about our organization and the membership that we represent um, for the past several years. And so we've been able to build rapport and really um, share our, our principles and our ethics and our, our values and our, bridge, our vision also for uh, our craft cannabis producing community. And so I think that groundwork really laid the foundation um, for us to be one of the organizations and myself, one of the principal investigators on this grant application, along with our academic colleagues and, and researchers. And the specific uh, request for grant proposal that the Department of Cannabis Control put forward was rather uh, detailed and specific and just happened to align with a lot of the research that we've been discussing and working to um, set up infrastructure with, with a number of the researchers on the grant um, for several years. And so it was a really good match um, to see this grant opportunity move forward and our incredible team and, and the community represent um, really in a position to really um, advance this research and, and this general topic of, of research for the state. So this is one of the funding is $2.7 million that were put in the research for this on legacy cannabis genetics and culture. <clears throat> but the bigger story is, is that this is among almost $20 million sent to 16 academic institutions with plans to research cannabis now. And I don't know if, if you know, the really to me, the legacy of where California is investing quite a bit of money on this. Now, can you tell me about any kind of limitations when it comes to where you're able to go and use what materials you'll be able to use to do the research from uh, when it comes to the plants, will it be from, uh, will it be cultivated and harvested independently of other companies out there that are already doing that process now? Obviously it's going to be done in particular mar in particular areas like say Humboldt County and the Emerald Triangle, where there's a lot of, you know, you know, century long tradition of cannabis cultivation. So talk to me about, any kind of limitations or any kind of obstacles that have to be woven around as you're doing the research? Sure, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the advantages of our team is that we have both academic partners um, who are, you know, academic researchers within the UC system in California, and then our organization, uh, nonprofit organization, and then our botanical partner, LeafWorks is a private company. And so collectively, we're able to navigate the challenges of working with a federally scheduled substance in terms of being able to work with the licensed cannabis community and also uh, the unlicensed cannabis community. And by that, I mean those that are cultivating for medical purposes legally, for adult use. Um, there are a lot of legacy farmers that didn't make it into the license framework. And so we have the ability to cast a really wide net and through working with our private partners and our 
um, community organizations able to work with farmers on the plant touching side and navigate the complexities of, of working with cannabis in this context. Now, I go back to 2019 when I remember talking to a guest here on Blunt Business on our Campania series that we talked about when the University of California Davis was partnering with a pharmaceutical company to research cannabis ahead of their uh, Cannabis and Hemp Research Center. And it was a partnership with a DEA-registered company to manufacture cannabis for federally approved research into the drug. And they went into areas for analyzing cannabis sativa potential applications for healthcare, law enforcement, scientific research. So there have been some concessions provided in California for research, but when this kind of grant money was being doled out, you know, what is it that, and I was asking back then, what is it this, what, what does some of the grant money, at least for what you're doing in the research into the two-year study, we want this to be able to get to. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Washington, D.C., the results, the findings, the study, what the conclusions are. Talk to me about, maybe if it's not so much what your study is going to be doing, but the ones that have been doled out now of the 16 that have been awarded grants by California and the Cannabis Control Board, how much is that going to contribute towards lobbying for legalization efforts in Washington, D.C., so that federal oversight of cannabis legalization for adult use is put across the map? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, California's regulators have really joined forces through a national association of regulators to have the broader national conversation and really consider, you know, what a national legalization framework might look like. All of the um, state grant funding that's going to this cannabis, these cannabis research projects, because they are being funded through the Department of Cannabis Control have an objective tied to the research that part of the outputs of the research include um, policy recommendations. And so in the case of our project, we're considering policy recommendations that relate to preserving, protecting, and also enhancing the ability for commercial cannabis businesses to leverage their intellectual property, <laughs> right, in, in terms of genetic resources both in the state of California, but forward looking in terms of national and even international policy frameworks and intellectual property tools that we'll be able to avail ourselves of eventually. And so this research helps to inform policies on all of those levels and how California can start to prepare and move in that direction and carry um, this understanding in those conversations as they're engaging nationally as well. 
Now, in the research outputs that were mentioned in the press release upon the announcement were a special collection in Canador Herbarium, Cannabis Genomics Data, Special Collection Cannabis Herbarium, Oral Histories, Ethnographic Interviews, a series of educational webinars, publications regarding IP tools for genetic resources, a suite of research-based public policy recommendations, and advancement towards research-based, community-driven consensus on the definition of legacy cannabis. Now, what I'm interested in is, well, is that there are a lot of public companies, that, a lot of publicly traded, or there are a lot of you know, retail MSOs that are in California that I wouldn't be surprised that wouldn't have wanted to go and be a part of this. Was there any feedback from the retail communities or from all the any any city operators operating in California that wanted to be involved and create some kind of a public-private partnership? Because this is only non-for-profit. This is only grants, government-run, and these are public projects. They're not any way to the private sector. No, there's no no touching from the private sector. So the, so the way that our research design is structured, um, we are essentially facilitating the research with subject matter experts, but we are very much working in partnership with the licensed cannabis community and the broader cannabis community in the historic cannabis producing regions. And so our membership, for example, has 800 licensed cannabis businesses. Um, our organization by way of mission represents independently owned and operated small businesses. So that is the community that we're serving and working with and that overlaps with the legacy producing community. Um, I also want to mention that we're partnered on this grant with the Cannabis Equity Policy Council. And so they represent the BIPOC uh, social equity community in our urban uh, communities across California. So we're also going to be working in partnership with them to reach legacy cultivators and the legacy community broadly um, in our urban communities. And so there is innately a partnership with the licensed cannabis community. And again, the, the broader um, cannabis community that may or may not be participating in the license framework um, to really effectuate this research and through partnership approach. So in terms of informing the research methodology as we're going, really understanding um, what the research questions are that are of importance to the community and really allowing them to guide us and drive the direction of our research in partnership. It's been almost two months since the partnership, since this grant was our doled out. Uh, when do we, when can we expect to start seeing any movement right now and any implementation of this process and the study getting underway? Anything you could tell me preliminary that is getting ready to be started on once everything begins and everything is greenlit? Sure. Um, right now, we are in the process of the, the contracting um, phase of things between the Department of Cannabis Control and our lead institution, which is uh, Cal Poly Humboldt. And um, I imagine it will be several months uh, as we move through this contractual process. And then we anticipate we'll be able to launch the project uh, probably in Q4 of this year. And I would expect to see public-facing um, communication, and we're going to have some launch events, both um, virtual and in-person in the community, um, probably by the new year. Now, I want to ask, where will 
where can our listeners go ahead and follow along with the progress of the study and what you find out and what if there's any kind of transparency you can give it to us, any websites where people can go and learn more about that once things get underway? Um, we are working on a project website. It's not up yet, um, but legacycannabis.org is the URL we've reserved for that. In the interim, you can go to originscouncil.org. That's our organization's website, and we'll be posting information as we advance and, and move towards launching the project. So the future is legacycannabis.org, but you'll have it linked up to originscouncil.org. Correct. Wonderful. All right. Thank you for telling us all about this. It's really important to go and see what this kind of research is going to be that you'll be able to find out because in this plight where I keep saying three to five years is the rollout where maybe the federal government will actually go ahead and take the non the bipartisan bills, the legislative process, let it finally come into play after everything's all said and done and we get a, a bit of a, a lull in Congress to where they will go ahead and revisit the possibility of cannabis legalization for a lot of good reasons, and that the lobbying efforts will finally succeed, that on top of the lobbying efforts, which we know there's not enough money that can even be close to what Big Pharma puts in to sway the policymakers to go ahead and finally put this the bills to a vote. Until then, the research needs to come into play. We need to show that as part of this. Now, I know this is, there's a, not, this is not necessarily set for that, but I think Studies like yours will offer proof positive on the importance of the plant and various things, legitimacy, integrity, and just really showing, again, the diversity for the, those that are cultivating and the representation and the possibilities that can be if cannabis were legalized across the board. This research, which I'm, I'm very thankful that the state of California chose to go and put out money towards this. I hope it is well spent. And I have a positive feeling that I think for the good of the community and the industry, that we want to be able to see that what's being done in the process, find out about it. And when there are any new things progressing, Janine, I hope you'll go ahead and let us know about it. We can go and bring you on back. Oh yeah, I look forward to it. And we're really excited about this project and it's you know, very multidisciplinary. So I think there'll be a lot of really incredible outputs and, and just the process in and of itself and working with the community is going to be um, really fun, I think, and, and at times heartbreaking, quite frankly, just in terms of capturing people's story and the history there. Um, but I think very rich nonetheless. And so we look forward to, to sharing updates with you. Thanks. So again, the website is originscouncil.org. Uh, Janine Coleman, Executive Director of the Origins Council, thanks for being on with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.